Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today's show is brought to you by our dear, dear, dear friends over at Lorenzotti, Italy. I actually just had Zach on the um, Friday night happy hour yesterday. We had a great time shooting the breeze last night and throwing back a couple cocktails. So he not only has a wonderful product, great premium Italian coffee that he can send directly to your door, and coffee supplies that you could use to start your own business venture, but he's also just a really cool guy. He's a lover of liberty. He's a fan of the show. So you need to go support him and support this show simultaneously by going to lorenzotti.coffee and using my promo code FICTION for you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee. Promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. Get yourself some great coffee. There's no better way to start off a morning than with a nice cup of Italian coffee. It tastes like freedom and we all need a dose of freedom and liberty in our life and this is a great way to start off the day. So go do that now. Lorenzotti.coffee, promo code FICTION. All right, let's start the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new Saturday edition of your favorite ANCAP Libertarian podcast, Peddling Fiction. And I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Hope everyone's doing well today, enjoying your nice weekend here uh, right before Easter. I had a great Friday. It's a big holiday here in Mexico this whole week leading up to Easter. They call it Semana Santa, and it's I think it's like one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Mexican holiday that I'm aware of. I mean, it is so fucking crowded here. It's almost impossible for me to get a cabana down at the pool. I mean, I'm lucky to get one these days unless you go down there like pretty early in the morning and and throw some stuff on it, but the uh <laughs> these are good problems to have, I suppose. So there's a there's a ton of people in here from out of town. Like all these, you know, Mexicans come from all over Mexico and party all week here. So I was down at the pool, enjoying myself yesterday afternoon. And then, of course, I had to come up and get the Friday night happy hour going, which was a lot of fun. Might have been a little overserved, but I think uh, everybody had a good time. We had a nice little crew in there. As I mentioned in the ad, I got I got Zach from Lorenzotti to hop on for a while. And with the exception of a couple of my friends hopping in on the uh, <laughs> hopping in behind me to embarrass me, it was uh, it was pretty fun. <laughs> it didn't didn't end too well uh, between me and them at the end of the night, but that's uh, that's a story that only the insiders of the Friday Night Happy Hour got to enjoy. So if you want to be part of that, like I've mentioned on the last few episodes, you just got to become a supporting listener of the show by going to peddlingfictionpodcast.com and setting up a monthly recurring donation of any denomination that you want. And then I will invite you to a happy hour that we do uh, around sunset every other Friday. So it's a lot of fun. I think it's a great way for uh, me to connect with the listeners, for you guys to connect with each other as well. So you should go do that. I, you know, there's there's a lot of people on this um, on this list that I that I send out the, the link to every night, and you know we get a handful of people in each Friday, but we could always use more. The more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, it was kind of a weird week for me, as I mentioned. There's there's just been a ton going on here and I, I couldn't get the uh, the usual episode out Monday but then I recorded with Sal the uh, agorist on Tuesday at which I really enjoyed that conversation so if you guys haven't listened to that yet I think you guys will enjoy it as well we had a lot of fun just uh, just chatting like the two guys at a bar or something like that. and then, and then we released that Wednesday 
Um, like I said, Friday, there's just no way for me to get an episode out yesterday. There was, <laughs> there, there wasn't enough hours in the day or at least enough sober hours in the day for me to get one going. So I'm turning the mics on here Saturday morning, eh, afternoon, it's about noon here because there's been a lot of activity that I feel the need to comment on, uh, particularly in the, uh, libertarian circles that we all run in. I think there's been a lot of coverage of this, uh, the, the whole week with the, the COVID passport issue. If you run in the same, um, libertarian circles that I do, and you're on Twitter, you've been seeing a lot of the infighting that is, has become all too common in the, um, li- within the libertarian party and libertarians and on Twitter and everything like that. It, it is pretty amazing to me the the disconnect that, that seems to exist there. Topics and um, issues that every libertarian should be able to agree on seem to be creating division among us. And it's just, it's unbelievable to me. I mean, these COVID passports, there's just no justification for these whatsoever. And it should not be very hard to take a hard stance against this. I mean, if you can't uh, stand up against, you know, basically mandatory fucking tracking system, a, a mandatory tracking system, the likes of which we have never seen before, even though we have the largest spying apparatus known to man currently. If you're a libertarian and you cannot take a hard stance against that, like something, you know, let your fucking balls drop and put your foot down and with gusto come out against these things, not these like, uh, you know, these milk toast tweets that you see from some of the, the Libertarian Party accounts where it's just like, oh, well, this is a, a violation of HIPAA. And OK, yeah, but there's a lot more to it than that. And you're not going to inspire people by being benign and boring. We were we were uh, trending on Twitter, I guess. I don't know if this was um, maybe Tuesday or yeah, I think it was Tuesday because that's the that's the day I sat down and I talked a little bit about this with uh, Sal when I had him on the show because it was Tuesday. Uh, we recorded Tuesday afternoon, but it is very rare for libertarians to have that sort of presence uh, on the on the main stage. You know, have that microphone right in front of our face and have a chance to speak to millions of people. Just millions of people who maybe they're uh, afraid of these COVID passports and it just doesn't feel right to them, but they're not exactly sure, you know, how to articulate it or what the the proper stance should be. And we should be like, this is the moment that we all have to show them that we're not just a bunch of fucking intellectual lightweight potheads that want to, you know, smoke weed and, uh, you know, play with our guns. That we have the answers to these problems before they actually, like, we could fight this before it actually becomes a thing. Whether than, you know, as opposed to retroactively bitching about it like we do with everything else, you know. The, the Patriot Act is a great example. Look what the fuck happened with that. It's not only... <laughs> Um, does it comply with my rule for legislation? Whatever the name is, the what's inside the legislation is the exact opposite. So that is the least patriotic fucking piece of material ever legislated. But Americans were scared. They, they you know, they scared us to death after after nine eleven, right? And we were all thinking that these attacks could just keep happening over and over again. You never know when, so you just have to be on edge for the rest of your lives or we could pass the patriot act and that's going to you know prevent all these bad things from happening this is what they do they freak us out over something they use it as justification to institute all sorts of intrusive totalitarian authoritarian shit in our lives you know like the, like the TSA and all this crazy stuff and they expand it into like every aspect of our lives like what's the connection between you know flying planes into a building and anti-money laundering legislation in the Patriot Act. I mean, that's quite a stretch there. They're not using that legislation to combat terrorism. The vast majority, I guarantee you that in almost every case, they're not going after uh, jihadi terrorists or something like that. They're going after regular, everyday American people for tax evasion and, and things like that. That's what it's it's been used for. Sure, they bill it as a way to protect you from terrorists killing uh, all your friends and family. But they actually use it to control you. They use it to come after you and your friends and family. 
It's like, okay, yeah, we're going to make sure terrorists don't get funding by by making sure they don't have bank account. Okay, but all the shit that they come up with doesn't do a thing to actually solve the problem that they claim they want to be solved. And it all falls, all the, the burden of it falls on the American people, falls on everyday Joe Sixpack. The intrusion into your life is far greater than the intrusion into some terrorist's life on the other side of the fucking world. But none of it ever goes away. The, the TSA isn't going anywhere. These anti-money laundering acts aren't going anywhere. The, the, the KYC, know your customer, banking issues aren't going anywhere. Those are here to stay. And then, of course, the, the whole thing is just absurd, as if we need to stop terrorists from getting funding. We're the ones that are fucking funding them every single time. It's somebody that we funded a few years before. For some other political gain. So the idea that we're going to stop terrorists from getting funding by instituting all these banking regulations here in our country is absurd. They've got all the money they need. They've got trillions of dollars. We just keep throwing money over at, at terrorist organizations. So this is all just a bunch of fucking bullshit. And now what are they doing? Now what do we have? What's, what's scarier than a, a virus that you can't see? You don't know who has it. You can get it anywhere Anytime you're around people and it's all over the world and you could die, you could die from this thing. Although even though we know now that the, you know, anybody under the age of like 70 has a, a very high likelihood of surviving this, like almost 100%. But they've done a tremendous job of scaring the bejesus out of the, the American people over the last year, freaking everybody out to the point where rational thought just goes right out the window. I mean, <laughs> I've been making fun of people throughout this whole pandemic pretty much weekly on this show for, for just the, the asinine things, rituals that they're going through to try to, you know, it's like the, the superstitious shit. Yeah, like I was a, you guys know I played baseball, like, you know, basically my whole um, life until I got to college. Baseball players are some of the most superstitious people on the fucking face of the earth, you know. We do all kinds of crazy ritualistic shit that we think makes a difference because, it, you know, baseball's a game where you're up in your head a lot. And the odds of failure... The odds of something bad happening to you in a baseball game or just the odds of you not succeeding are very, very high. It's the best hitters in the history of the game only hit the ball, you know, 30% of the time, something like that. So you, you come up with these things that, that sort of uh, put you at ease and they make you feel like you have a little more control over the outcome. And that's all this stuff is at this point, you know, wearing the mask, socially distancing, putting the, you know, the, the hand sanitizer on every time you fucking walk through a door. These are all just rituals that they've taught us to, they've conditioned us to believe, help us out. They're, they're going to help us survive this virus. And it also um, puts that fear in you like, oh, if I don't do this, then something really bad is going to happen. And there, there are people so terrified of getting this virus that they haven't left their fucking house in a year, except to maybe go to the grocery store like once a week or something like that, just, just so that they can survive. Imagine being that scared. And then, of course, you know, they take away all of your rights to do to basically exist. They keep you locked down in your house. You can't go to church. You can't go to the beach. You can't go to the park. You can't go to restaurants. You can't live life. You, it, some places you can't even walk down the street unless you um, have all the um, designated equipment on and everything like that. And you're deemed essential. So they take away all of these rights and then they extort us. To, to uh, tempt us to get some of our rights back. Just a fraction of what we used to have. This is extortion. That's what it is. They, they take away everything and they say, okay, now if you, get, if you do this for me, I'll give you this back. Oh, you want to go to a, a movie? Sure. Just inject yourself with this needle. That's what they're doing here. And it's only some of the freedoms that we used to enjoy. It's never going to be all of them again. You're never going to be as free as you were a, a year ago two years ago, five years before that. But this is just the next step. This is the, the next part of the plan, is to use these COVID passports to extort you further. Oh, you want to you go resume your everyday life? Okay. You want to travel freely? Okay. Make sure you get these documents. Make sure you show me your papers. That's the society that we're, we're creating here. And man, is that a fucking, the, the, the slipperiest slope I've ever seen. And people's thinking on this is just so backward and convoluted. You know, everyone who's out there claiming, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. You know, how hard is it I, to show, a, a, you know, a passport? I do it all the time with my ID or something. These are the same people that 
these are the same people that just want to open up the borders to everyone in Mexico, everyone in South America to just flow right into the country. But American citizens that have been, you know, lived here their whole lives, pay taxes here and everything like that, we're not allowed to just travel freely within our own borders from state to state without show me your papers, without get this vaccine. I mean, come on, man, what are we doing here? And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the potential for horrifying government intrusion into your lives with with these uh, with this idea of a vaccine passport, which is, you know, people are like, oh, what's the big deal? I have a driver's license and, you know, I, I carry it around with me and I use it to drive my car. I use it to get beer from a, a liquor store or something like that. Listen, first of all, if you can't see the difference between that, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But this is not going to be a card that you carry around with yourself. This is going to be like the one in New York. It's an application on your phone that's going to take all of your fucking data. Like just who knows what these big tech companies are doing with all of this data now. But this is going to show your location, who you've been interacting with. Like the list goes on and on. The the potential spying that they can do with this. And so there are a ton of people out there that we're seeing libertarians trending on Twitter that are of the mindset, oh, you know, like what's the big deal? This is just another, you know, we have passports, we have other forms of ID that we carry around with us you know it's not that big of a deal like what you know it's the same it's the same argument that they kind of use with the mask it's like it's not that big of an inconvenience to put a mask on when you go into a, you know, a restaurant or a store or something like that so uh, there are these people out there that are seeing this right now and we have the opportunity to make the argument in real time before it becomes a fucking thing like i don't want driver's license and social security numbers and passports to begin with that shit's already here man that predated me there, there's nothing we can do about it. like like i said once they once they put these things in place it's almost impossible to get rid of them so we can't get rid of the passport system we can't get rid of driver's licenses and we cannot get rid of a social security number that that's going to be virtually impossible but we could stop this right now if we have the fucking balls to do it and it's amazing to me that there are libertarians out there that are unwilling to do this or that they will not give it a full-throated rejection. You know, they'll they'll kind of fucking tiptoe around the issue because they don't want to offend anybody. So I, I don't know. You know, we've missed so many opportunities as libertarians over the last uh, four years or so, or maybe even five or six years, like going back to right before the, the 2016 election. We had so many fucking opportunities as libertarians to make the case for liberty. And it just, it, you know, it felt like we blew our one big opportunity in 2016 when we had Gary Johnson and fucking Bill Weld. And then, you know, we, we come around to 2020 and it, it, it just feels like we, we blew another another big opportunity, not only with the election, but just with the whole lockdown thing and the pandemic and the covid craziness. And then and then you start thinking, oh, man, we, we just we had an opportunity in 2016. We blew it. And then we just blew this opportunity. Are we ever going to get another one? Well, it's right here. Here it is right now. Like, this has to be the fucking issue because this is like literally it. You know, if you. If we consent to this type of um, tracking and this type of intrusion into our lives where you have to get injected with basically an experimental drug at this point that it's been a, you know it's been a year since they've been started working on these vaccines. If you have to do that in order to just live your everyday life, in order to go to the grocery store, go to a restaurant, go to a ball game with your kids. You, you have to get injected with, with a vaccine in order to do that. If we are not going to reject this notion, this idea right now, that's it. That, that is, and I'm not being hyperbolic here. I mean, that you, you are not free. You are a fucking prisoner in your own country. There's not literal bars uh, around you, but this is actually worse than that because a lot of people don't even realize that they're being imprisoned. Oh, what's the big deal? I just take this, uh, this medicine and then I can go about my everyday life. We are being enslaved by the federal government. We've already been enslaved this entire time through through taxation. I mean, we work for the government for, you know, 30 to 40 percent of our fucking lives. The first three, four months of the year is is stolen from you. Your, your time, your effort, your work, 
all of that. It belongs to the government. Sure, we're not 100%. You know, they let us off the plantation for a while, for part of the year, but the rest of it, you better damn sure make sure you kick up everything to, to the big guy over in D.C. And if you don't, they'll put you in a literal cage. Well, now, uh, in addition to that, they're instituting these passports or this vaccine. And if you don't get the vaccine, well, you're not going to be able to participate in society. And if they can do it for this, a virus like this, they can do it for anything. We are either free people, individuals who own ourselves, I own my body, my body, my choice, or we're fucking slaves to the state. And if we let, if we allow them to do this to us, it, it's all over. That's it. That, this is game over in America. Uh, you are no longer free. You're a cog in the machine. You're like a droid that works for the state now. You're not allowed to you know, think for yourself. You're not allowed to do what you want to do. Everything's going to come with conditions. Everything's going to come with strings attached. And this is what they want. They want complete control over your lives. That's why they don't want you to work. That's why they want to give handouts to everybody. They want you dependent on them for your very existence. This is the goal. This is the plan. And, you know, it happens slowly. And then all of a sudden, like the buildup to this was fairly gradual over the last, you know, 20, 30 years, something like that. But they keep putting these apparatuses in place. Each one strips away a little bit more of your freedom. And then they come up with something else to scare you so that they can take a little more. And it's not even that they're taking it. We're giving it to them. We, we, we voluntarily give away our lives in exchange for this false sense of security. And please, for the love of God, spare me this. Well, there are private companies that are instituting this so they can do what they want. Bullshit. Okay? That's bullshit. These are not, we do not have private companies in America anymore, okay? We, uh, America is full-blown fascism. Like, that. this is what we are now, okay? And, you know, everyone, most people these days equate fascism with, like, it has to have, like, some sort of racial component, you know? Oh, like, white supremacists or fascists, you know? It, it has nothing to do with that. Okay, fascism originated in Italy. There was no racial component to it whatsoever. Just because you had a, a Nazi regime that, that had a racial component to it, that, that, that's not like a pillar of fascism. Okay, fascism is basically when the state, the state basically takes ownership of corporations, not outright, but through excessive regulation and taxation and things like that. So it's like, you, yeah, sure, you, you technically own your company, but in order to operate, you're going to have to fucking follow all of these fucking regulations that we put on you. They can tax you to the point where they actually get more revenue from your business than you do running the business. But then they trick you into thinking that you're actually working for yourself and that you're not working for the government so that you generate more more business, more profits for them. I mean, it's far easier for the government to just tax you to death and regulate you to death, tell you who you can do business with, when you can do, do business, where you can do it, and what type of business you can have. And, you know, thousands and thousands of pages of regulation that they effectively control your company. But they don't actually have to run the company because if they did, it'd be a fucking disaster, just like everything else the government does. So let's not pretend that this is um, some free market decision, you know, the the that all these businesses are just reacting to the will of the people. Like everybody wants to go get vaccinated and carry around this tracking device that shows that you're you're healthy enough to go to a ball game or something like that. This is not happening in a vacuum. Okay, the, you got to you got to realize the the world that we live in and we live in a fucking fascist country. The government basically owns everything. They own everything. Nothing you own, you actually own. Even right down to your house. Like you pay property taxes for the entire time that you're living in the house. What does that mean? That means that you don't own the fucking house, as far as I'm concerned. You're just renting it from the government. So let's not pretend that these businesses are just doing this because they're they're reacting to the market conditions. Like, no, 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 no. Look, look what the government did to businesses over the last year. Uh, they made it illegal for them to operate. You know, okay, maybe you can have like 25% capacity. And it's like, okay, well, if everybody gets vaccinated, then can we have like 100% capacity and get everything opened up okay? Would that be okay with you? And then they'll say, okay, yeah, if everybody gets vaccinated, then that's fine. And so then the private company says, okay, you have to be vaccinated to come in here. I mean, they've, they've coerced everybody into this. They might not be outright um, going around with like the military and, inje and forcefully injecting everybody into this. 
this. But this is not voluntary. This is not based on like, you know, voluntary compliance. I'm reminded again of the fucking income tax. They claim, the IRS will claim, and you should go back and listen to the episodes I did on the income tax. I did like two or three of them. And they're, they're very uh, informative and entertaining, in my opinion. <laughs> the IRS claims that we all comply with the income tax based on voluntary compliance. But, but they have to claim that legally because they're otherwise, you know, it, it's kind of a long story. I don't want to get into it, but they wouldn't be able to come after you for your taxes unless you voluntarily gave them the information you voluntarily filed. So go back and if you want the whole history of that and, and more detail, you can go back and listen to the other episodes. But the like the people that that think that getting this vaccine is going to be based on voluntary compliance or that these vaccine passports are based on voluntary compliance are the same ones that think the uh, you know, paying your income taxes every year is based on voluntary compliance. And that's just the price that we pay for a civilized society. When in reality, we're all being fucking coerced into doing that. And it's the price that we pay to stay out of a cage. This is it, man. They have forced, they have, you know, shut everybody, everything down, locked everything down. And so in that environment, if businesses want to be able to open back up, it's it's almost, you know, like with a wink and a nod. It's like, okay, yeah, we, well, you know, look how safe we're being. We're going to make, make sure everybody has the vaccine before they come into our business. And then we can open up, right? Even if they don't outright say that, you know, you feel that pressure if you have a business. And, and don't forget, you know, the, the government is the fucking mafia. They are the federal mafia. So what do you think they're going to do to businesses that don't institute some sort of mandatory vaccine? vaccine, passport, whatever kind of thing. It's like, okay, maybe they won't shut you down. Maybe they won't force you to have your customers vaccinated. Uh, Maybe they'll just audit you every year and and have the fucking IRS up your ass and make it impossible for you to fucking operate. Or maybe they'll come come down with some other regulations that that, uh, make your business very hard to operate or unsustainable. They could regulate you out of existence because we've allowed them to take this much power from us in the past. We didn't fight this these problems in real time. We let them uh, fester. We let them grow like a fucking cancer. And now here we are. This is like the ultimate illness, the ultimate cancer, the ultimate government cancer. Like if you don't fight this, you will not like you will not be able to work without getting injected. You will not be able to travel. You will not be able to go to the store, go to a restaurant, get, live your normal lives like a free individual unless you get injected with something. And then once they have the the authority to do that, who knows where they can take it? I mean, the sky is the fucking limit. Look at everything the government has done. Listen to the previous episodes where I talk about, you know, this is the camel's nose under the tent. This is just the beginning of the of the most oppressive society that you could possibly imagine. I mean, this is a recipe for essentially global fascism. If every country starts adopting this stuff and these, you know, multinational corporations and everything like that restrict travel and, and, and everything, like this is we're going to have fascism take over the entire world. And, and America should should be a different country. It was supposed to be different. Land of the free, home of the brave. We can be that last vestige of freedom in a fascist world we just have to stand up and fight and libertarian libertarianism in general has the answer to all of these problems and we have to be able to articulate them in real time and call out these fucking fascists and and, uh, this government overreach this totalitarian fucking bullshit in real time before it gets too late. Otherwise, you know, what, what what's the point? What are we doing here? I mean, sure, yeah, if this gets instituted, I'm going to have a lot more material to complain about on the podcast. But who wants to live in a world like that? Who wants to have to beg some other authority to live your everyday life? We, we should all be against this. This is not a left-right issue. This is a human issue. This is about, you know, being able to live your life the way you see fit. And nobody should be against that. Let's take a quick second and thank our other sponsor for today's show, guys, Zipix Toothpicks. I'm really excited to have them on board. I think you guys are really going to love this product. They are nicotine-infused flavored toothpicks to help curb that nicotine craving that you get from time to time. They are a great alternative, a great smokeless alternative to cigarettes and all of the other over-the-counter alternatives, you know, the gum or the patch and things like that. These are toothpicks that you can pop in your mouth and out of your mouth 
mouth whenever you want. So you still get that uh, sort of hand to mouth feel that you get with a cigarette. But there's no smoke. There's no bad smell left behind. You can do it in a restaurant. You can do it in your house, in your car, wherever you are. And nobody's going to even know that you're doing it. They just look like regular toothpicks. You won't be grossing out your date if you if you take her out to a nice restaurant and then you put a toothpick in your mouth instead of a cigarette. And let's face it, you know, smoking can be a big turnoff for a lot of women. And we got a lot of guys that listen to this show and I'm probably a lot of guys that like to smoke that listen to this show. So if you're a guy and you like to smoke and you like girls, get yourself some Zipix toothpicks. And they're going to be cheaper than any of the over-the-counter alternatives as well. So check them out at Zipix Toothpicks. That's Z as in zebra, I-P-P-I-X toothpicks.com. Use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you and you'll get 10% off your order. And even if you're not a smoker, they do have these B12 and caffeine infused toothpicks as well. Check those out. If you're if you're not a smoker, but you're looking for a caffeine fix, this could be a great way to do that as well. They come in, I think, six different flavors, and then they have the, the B12 uh, caffeine alternative toothpicks in addition to those. So check them out. Zippixtoothpicks.com, promo code FICTION. All right, let's get back into the show. They're already doing this in communist China. And the funniest thing about this is all these people that are in favor of these COVID passports and the vaccine, mandatory vaccines and everything like that, they're they're the ones that oppose China for, for everything that China does, except that China just did this and they have a social credit system. And this is going to evolve into that really quickly. Like that is the plan. The plan is to be able to control your life through some sort of fucking social credit system so that they get us. They get each other, you know, everyday Americans to basically spy on each other and, and control ourselves. The other thing is that's fucking hilarious to me uh, is that these same people are against voter ID laws. And uh, I think it was was it Brian McWilliams that uh, I, I saw him tweet out, you know, like we can we can oppose this really easily. We'll just make covid passports mandatory in order to vote. Right. And then then all of a sudden people would be against it because it's racist or whatever. Like, hey, fine. If that's what it takes to get to get this idea fucking thrown in the dustbin of history as quickly as possible to fucking nip this in the bud, then fine. It, it's racist. It's sexist. It's transphobic. You name it. That's what it is because this will fucking affect everybody's lives. And the sad thing is that we did not fight this. Uh, we did not take this battle on when we had the opportunity a year ago and all of the fucking mechanisms are in place for them to basically shut down your life. And once they have that power, you never get it back. Once they take away your freedoms, you never get all of it back. You might get a fraction of it back if you do what they say. If you sing and dance for the fucking crown, you're, you're literally going to have to fucking sing for your supper. Who wants to live like that? Why, you know, if you want, I'm not like a, you know, an anti-vaxxer or anything like that. You can go down some pretty interesting rabbit holes if you start to look into all these vaccines and everything like that. But if you want to voluntarily get the vaccine because you're really afraid of COVID-19, go ahead, go and do it. But for the rest of us that just want to fucking that are willing to live with the risks of of viruses that we're not vaccinated for, why not just allow us to live our lives? This is not like um, this is not a vaccine like you're going to eradicate COVID-19. It's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. All right. And there are going to be other viruses that come along throughout the the history, uh, you know, throughout mankind. This is not going to eradicate it. So it, as long as you get your vaccine, it's not like I, me not being vaccinated is going to affect you at all. You've been vaccinated. What are you worried about? But we, we cannot fucking we cannot budge on this issue. We cannot compromise on this. This is not like we're going to find a fucking middle ground. OK, look what compromising has done for the American people in the past. That compromising has gotten us exactly where we are today. With the, we have as little freedom as we have ever had in the history of America. We cannot fucking budge on this. This has to be it. This is like, okay, we have the vaccine now. People that want to get vaccinated can go ahead and get vaccinated. Um, everybody else that doesn't want to has clearly made an individual choice as a free fucking human being. They are willing to live with those risks. And now we can go back to an open and free society and do whatever the hell you want as long as you're not infringing on the rights of other people. Like, that, that is it. There is no other fucking middle ground to be had here. It's not like, oh, okay, well, if you all get vaccinated, then you can go to, um, you can go to a, a concert or something like that. No. 
And what's going to happen in like public parks and stuff like that, where the government actually owns the land and or beaches and things like that? You know, they they control so much of the fucking the territory in the United States. You're telling me that once uh, they have these COVID passports and everything, they're not going to be mandatory for you know access to a park or something like that. I mean, if, if you really believe that this is just going to be like a card that you carry around in your wallet and that's going to be the end of it and they're not going to push this thing to the fucking nth degree to to uh, intrude in every aspect of your lives. And, and my God, they have the technology to do it. They have the capability to do it. They have everything in place. This is just going to be the excuse that they need to fucking take advantage of it. We cannot let them keep doing this. This is going to create a society where you have the haves and the have-nots, and if you want, if you want to be, um, you know, a, a, a relatively free individual, well, then you have to succumb to whatever the, the the state decides, to whatever the corporations that the state controls decides. You know, they can bring these corporations in. Into, into Congress and, and basically, you know, throw out these thinly veiled threats if they don't do what they're supposed to do. They're, they're not, they're operating under duress, just like the fucking rest of us. And we can, you know, we can rise up just like those people did in Germany about the lockdown for uh, Easter Sunday. There are more of us than there are of them. And it is, it is very easy to just fucking stand up and say no, but we all have to fucking do it together. We have, we have to be like, we have to just resist this with every fiber of our being. And it's, you know, we talked about this with Sal, you know, you have this urge to sort of avoid confrontation. Every time, you know, you leave your house, you have to fucking fight everybody and struggle and it's uncomfortable. So it's just easier if you, if you put on a mask or it's just easier if you get your vaccine and then you can fit in with polite society. We are all operating under duress here and we, we need to put the duress on the fucking government. We need to put the fear of God in them. They, they cannot do this to us. This, this is a fucking America, okay? This is not communist China. At least not yet. But the, man, we are fucking, we are right there. We are right on the edge. We are right on the edge. And if we, if we don't fucking do anything, we're going over that cliff. And there's no coming back from that. Uh, it, it, it's certainly not going to be easy. It, it's so much easier. I know it seems hard right now to sort of uh, um, stand up to to this sort of thing because there's a lot of uh, just societal pressure in addition to you know uh, regulatory pressure from the government and everything like that. But it is much easier to fight this battle now than to fight whatever the fuck is going to come out the other end of this. It, you know, ten, fifteen years down the road. It's going to be so much harder to fucking fight it. To claw our way back from from this abyss is going to be virtually impossible without just having devastating effects on everyday lives. And we can fight this right now as principled libertarians. And we could we could just put our foot down and say, no, we're not going to fucking do it. And and what are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do to fucking force us to do this? And we have to make this case to the to the American people. There there are there are so many people out there that are that are just going to capitulate on this because they're afraid. They're afraid of the the social repercussions, the ramifications that that are going to come from the government if you don't abide by their everyday fucking, you know, commands. But the politicians fear us. That's why they want all these apparatuses in place. That's why they want to be able to control every aspect of our lives because as as long as they can keep nipping away, chipping away at our fucking our freedom and our ability to stand up and say no well it, it gets harder and harder to do it and easier and easier for them to control us and corporations too will respond to public outrage to backlash they we, look how they've responded to all this woke bullshit we we have to take this narrative and we have to fucking run with it and we have to be the backlash that the the fascist fucking corporations and government in America fear and it doesn't have to be violent. It can be fucking peaceful. I'm not calling, you know, I'm not saying we need to take up arms against the government or anything like that. We just can't fucking bend over anymore. We, we cannot bend over. We cannot bend a knee on this. This is it. This is it. And if we lose, if we lose fr- this type of freedom here, that that's you know it's over. It, America is over as we know it. And by the way, just uh, a salute to DeSantis over in Florida. I mean, it, it's weird that they have to actually pass legislation to make COVID passports illegal. 
but at least he's doing something. At least he's fucking taking a stand from this. And, you know, there's this could be the breakup of America that is necessary. And maybe this is the way we're going to uh, divide ourselves. I don't know. But we, we need a lot more people like that. We need a, a lot more uh, resistance from the American people. Grow some fucking balls. Grow some balls. I mean, this is not hard. This should not be hard for a fucking libertarian to oppose passionately. This is like the easy is one of the easiest fucking is easier than the lockdowns to oppose. Like we don't we don't need mandatory vaccinations for this. This disease, this virus affects um, the elderly and people with underlying conditions. Everybody else, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, you're going to be fine. But people will voluntarily get vaccinated and that's fine. And then once you're vaccinated, what are you worried about? This is nonsense. This is this is a. There, there's something much deeper going on here. It's not about the fucking vaccine. Okay, that's not what this is about. This is about them angling. They're, fi- they're finding an angle. They always fucking find an angle. And they basically create it, right? Like I said, they create this this fear in you so that they can exploit it to, to get you to do what they want. And that's what's happening here. They're fucking pulling strings on you like you're some kind of a fucking puppet. They have propagandized uh, the American people to death to believe, you know, that this is like the scariest thing in the world. And then they get you to fucking dance the way they want you to dance. They are pulling fucking strings and they are playing you for a fucking fool. Don't let them do this. Do not let them treat you like this. You're, You're an individual with inalienable rights. That's what this whole fucking thing was about. Your, your freedom doesn't end where somebody else's fear of a virus begins, okay? Your, your, your freedom, your liberty, that is absolute. As long as, as long as you are not infringing on the rights of other people, you are free to do whatever the fuck you want. And the only reason we started this country, the only reason we started that government was to protect these inalienable rights. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Not stomping all over them. Not fucking locking you down in your house, not forcing you to inject yourself with drugs in order to operate in society. Like your freedom does not come with uh, strings attached. No, no, that's not how this works. That is not how this works. And it's long past time that we fucking we remind them of that before it's too late. So, yeah, I I don't know. I guess that's all I have to say uh, on that today. There's there's a couple of other topics I wanted to talk about, but I don't know how how long did I just go for? That would have been a great way to wrap up the show, but I <laughs> I guess we can transition to another topic that's a little lighter and more relevant because once again, the great state of Illinois, my uh my stomping grounds is making the news and not for uh not for anything good of course. I don't I can't remember the last time I saw a story about Illinois or Chicago specifically and it was something that I agreed with or that was good news whatsoever. It's always just like taxes are going up in Illinois, you know, the the weather sucks in Illinois, people are fleeing Illinois. <laughs> and now Despite a history of failure, destructive rent control is poised to hit Illinois because we, we don't have enough problems in Illinois a, a, as it is. Right. Let's uh, let's institute rent control, which has been a fucking unmitigated disaster everywhere else. It's been tried and for very obvious and specific reasons that nobody seems to really understand. But there is a bill. And this is um, this is from Mike Shedlock via Mishtalk. I always thought it was Mish Shedlock, but I guess Mike, I don't know. But his uh, his blog is called Mish Talk. So uh, Illinois is currently one of 33 states that ban rent control. State Representative Will Gazzardi's House Bill 116 repeals Illinois' statewide ban on local units of government imposing any type of rent control. It garnered enough votes to pass in the House... Uh, the House's Housing Committee, Wednesday, March 24th. Opponents of the legislation compared allowing rent control to opening Pandora's box. The real estate market has finally begun to recover 15 years after the market implosion, said uh, Representative Sam Yingling, a Rockford Democrat and real estate agent. It's important to recognize that many of these landlords are not giant faceless corporations, but rather ma and pa investors. Michael Meany executive vice president of Chicagoland Apartment Association and member of the Shape Illinois Coalition, said rent control won't fix the Chicago area's affordable housing problem, rather worsen it. 
Price controls on rent negatively impact the housing market by deferring maintenance on existing housing and discouraging the construction of new housing, he said. Gazzardi and others say rent control isn't a silver bullet, but rather a tool in their mission to more affordable housing. So yeah, this is, I mean, he's right about that. He's right that it, it actually makes this problem worse. And there, there's very obvious reasons for that. You know, this is how, I, I, it's so frustrating to see all of these government solutions to government problems that are just going to make matters worse. And they're always, they always have this emotional appeal to people, right? And they can always make this case. And this is how, this is how they make the case for basically everything. It's like, oh, it's not fair that these greedy landlords are raising your rent, right? And nobody should, in the richest country in America or, you know, the state of Illinois, nobody should be too poor to afford a roof over their house like we need affordable housing because we care about the people blah 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 right and that resonates with people i mean it's it's it it feels intuitive right it's like oh well yeah rent's too expensive let's let's just put a cap on what they can charge you rent problem solved it's intuitive i guess but it's wrong it's absolutely wrong okay there there are ramifications for this that just exacerbate the problem okay the the first thing is yes like the the people that own the the buildings you know talk talk to the people that you know you know i i have a lot of friends and acquaintances that have rental properties and they're not like fucking hedge funds and and billionaires they they just um they have like one or two apartments or houses or stuff that they rent out they make a decent living at it, but they're not like fucking Rockefeller. And if you if you put a cap on on rents, like if you if you price fix what what they can um you know get out of that property, eventually the cash flow is not going to work. There there will not be positive cash flow out of this. They'll be losing money, especially when you're talking about the the amount of inflation that's coming down the pike, the, the tax increases, the property tax increases, all of this stuff affects their bottom line. And if they're not going to make money on the property, they're they're not going to be investing in those properties. They're not going to be buying them up. They're not going to be fixing things around the apartment. You know, one of the greatest things about renting is that when your fucking furnace breaks, all you do is you call your landlord and be like, "Yo, furnace is busted. Come fix it." And they they fucking get a guy over there immediately to fix it. That type of shit. That's not gonna that's not gonna work if you have rent control apartments. Somebody's been living there for fifteen years for the same price. They're they're just not gonna fix things. And you can either live in like a dilapidated fucking building that has rent control or you could allow market forces to to operate and um, and then they'll be able they'll have the cash flow to fix those types of problems. But that's just part of it. You know, the the the, the reason rents go up is be, it's, it's not like landlords can just fucking jack the price up as high as they want. No, no, there are market forces in play. And the reason rent goes up, the only reason that they can um, in increase rents drastically on people is if there's a shortage of housing available. And what causes short shortages of housing? Well, I don't know, maybe some of the fucking zoning laws, the building codes, the, the government regulation that makes it fucking the biggest goddamn nightmare ever to get anything built. Could that have something to do with it? Yes, I think so. I think that could have something to do with it. The the property taxes that that are fucking excessive, could that have something to do with? It? So they make it they make it more and more expensive to build new housing. And then if they put a cap on what you can actually generate in revenue from the the building. Well, then they're just really not going to build. Like, who's going to build something that you can't actually get a positive cash flow out of? And, and so if you're going to try to build affordable housing, like, you're not going to be able... Affordable housing, the rent, you know, it, it's it's pretty low. 1000 maybe 2000 bucks a month, something like that. Probably even less than, you know... Yeah, probably close to like 1000 bucks a month or something in, in parts of the city would be considered affordable housing. And if you can't make those numbers work, that housing doesn't get built. So... You're you're adding to that. You're exacerbating the problem by not letting any new supply come to market. And so, yes, the rent on properties that already exist is going to go up. And then on top of that, you know, so you're a developer or something like that. You're you you want to build buildings like that's what you do, but it's it's too expensive and you can't really make a good return on affordable housing. 
Well, then you you just build luxury high rises along uh, Lakeshore Drive and shit like that, right? You you tear down some of these uh, affordable places and you put in luxury condos that 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 the poor can't afford, further restricting the supply of affordable housing, which in turn creates uh, uh, upward pressure on rental prices. Look around the country; the the places that are the most expensive to live have the rent control. Uh, New York has rent control. How's that working out for for New Yorkers? Um, Although now that everybody's fleeing the fucking city, it's probably a lot easier to find somewhere to live in a a city that nobody wants to be a part of. And that's the other other thing is that rental prices would come down in these cities because everybody's fleeing it. Uh, Nobody wants to live in Chicago anymore. But this is going to be instituted statewide, so it's not just Chicago. And then, of course, once they create all of these issues with uh, with housing, right, then they have to come up with programs for affordable housing. And so we give them, you know, tax breaks and uh, tax credits if... If you uh, build this building and tw- you know make 25% of it affordable housing or Section 8 housing and things like that, they, they just keep uh, creating problems and then putting like little Band-Aids over it that, that create problems of their own. If they want rental prices to come down, let the market bring them down. Increase the, You want to increase the supply of buildings. You want to make it as easy as possible to get something built. To get something renovated. You know, you know how much fucking red tape there is to do like a fucking rehab on a building? Or to build a building? Could you imagine trying to go through that in the city of Chicago? I mean, my God. What a fucking nightmare that is. So we, we, need, to get, we need to roll back government. Get government out of the way. Get rid of that red tape so that builders can come in and build affordable housing as cheaply as possible. And the more more places are on the market, the the more options people have to buy, and prices will come down. Putting a putting a cap on what you can charge rent rent wise is not going to increase the supply. It's go, of of houses. It's just going to put a cap on it. It's going to put a cap on it. It just exacerbates the 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 very problem that they're trying to mitigate. And it is true with every government program ever in existence. That's the only fucking thing that happens when government gets involved. They make the problem worse and they create, you know, 10 to 15 more problems in the process. So this is another thing that we should resist, just not as fucking uh, badly as we need to resist the COVID vaccine passports. And uh, yeah, I guess I can get you guys out of here on that. We can wrap there. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Support our awesome sponsors and uh, become a supporting listener of the show by going to PedalingFictionPodcast.com and set up a recurring monthly donation so that I can have a drink with you every couple of weeks. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back probably on Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace.